Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast, Island Nile. I'm your host Sarah and I hope you enjoy. Um, very quickly, just before we get into today's case, I just want to um, leave a trigger warning. Here, first and foremost, this episode contains um, topics of sexual assault and rape so if you're not in the right mindset to be listening to this type of content today maybe click out and come back whenever you're ready to listen or come back not for the next episode because that would be a continuation of this case but the episode after that so in two episodes time maybe i'll see you return um but other than that whoever's still here enjoy the case so today's case is the state's first serial killers case. Funnily enough, the state we're talking about obviously is Ireland, but the serial killers were not from Ireland. They were from England. And also, I don't think they were actually serial killers because I'm pretty sure serial killers are defined by three or more kills and these two men only had two. However, what they did was absolutely fucking atrocious. And um, they had this pact to do, quote, a woman a week. So this case is John Shaw and Jeffrey Evans. Um, they abducted, raped and murdered two Irish women um, back in 1976. So without too much more rambling, we're going to get into the details of today's case. I have already recorded this. I've recorded about a half an hour's worth of footage. Footage? Audio. And, um, it just disappeared. <laughs> Some of it disappeared, and then other parts of it, there was this annoying like high frequency noise throughout both segments that I had recorded. So now I need to start from scratch um, without having a mental breakdown. So um, (laughs) take two, I guess. (laughs) So I would just like to apologize in advance if there's any audio problems, but I will not be going back recording this a third time. So um, make do with what you've got. <laughs> Shaw and Evans. Um, Shaw's first name is John and Evans' first name is Jeffrey. John Shaw was 31 years of age and Evans was 32 years of age when they arrived together in Ireland in 1974. They were both from the Greater Manchester area. They had both previously been married. Um, Shaw had long black hair and a beard and he had a criminal record since the age of 14. He was also illiterate and would later go on to sign all of his statements just with the letter X. Evans was small and fair. As I said, he had also been previously married, but he had three kids with his ex-wife. Evans' children and ex-wife and Shaw's ex-wife were all back in England. By the time they had met in prison, they actually had dozens of burglary convictions between the two of them. Um, And both men had committed sexual assaults and rape. Um, but these were crimes that they actually hadn't been linked to yet. These charges were actually including the rape of a 16-year-old girl. So, as you can 
probably guess the police were actually trying to work hard to link them to these cases because they knew deep down that they were connected. They just had no evidence or proof to link them to these assaults. While they were in prison, they hatched their plan and made their pact of a woman a week. And what they meant by this was that they'd abduct and rape her repeatedly. I don't know when they initially hatched this plan if they um, intended to murder them. I'd assume so, because if you're going to abduct a woman and rape her repeatedly, you're not really going to let her go, are you? Because they, she can identify you. But I don't know, obviously. I, I don't know if they had intended on murdering them. Or if it had, it well, they obviously intended in murdering them. I just don't know if that was originally a part of the plan. So once they were released, they decided in order to complete this fantasy of theirs, they were going to move over to Ireland to avoid any new charges against them over in England. Because, I mean, if they did get charged with all of this over in England, they could probably be linked to the other sexual assaults and the rapes, including that of the 16-year-old girl in England. So they decided they were going to move to Ireland to complete this. So then once they had got to Ireland, they went around County Wicklow, Cork and Clonmel um, committing burglaries so that they could quote unquote earn money, which obviously that's not really earning money, is it? It's just robbing people blind. Then on February 5th, 1975, they appeared before court, circuit court, on 16 counts of burglary. Um, They were convicted and sentenced separately. Both received two years imprisonment, neither of which served their full sentence. But during their time in imprisonment, they were originally in Cork prison and then they were moved to Mountjoy prison. Then in August 1976, they both appeared before Dublin Bridewell um, because the British police were looking to extradite them back to the UK to charge them with the offences of sexual assault and rape, including that of the 16-year-old girl, which I have mentioned earlier, um, because they had finally been able to link them to these crimes. They were both released on a bond of £40 and were given a month to prepare a case as to why they shouldn't be extradited back to the UK. Meanwhile, during their time in Mountjoy prison, they had become friends with a fellow prisoner named Cliff Outram. He had been released before Sean Evans, but he told them that they were welcome back at his house, back in Feathered County Tipperary. And this is where they went after they were released. First Shaw, who was released before Evans, and then Evans followed after. um, And this is where they stayed for a little while. Um, They then borrowed Cliff's car, a grey Austin A40. And this is how they would then go on to travel around the country and proceed and fulfil their disgusting, unhuman pact that they The first victim of this horror duel was Elizabeth Plunkett. Elizabeth was 23 years of age and lived in Pembroke Cottages in Ringsaid, County Dublin. She was one of eight siblings, three sisters and four brothers, and she was a currency clerk in Delarue Printing Firm. In her spare time, she liked to practice judo, she liked camping in the outdoors, she liked to hike, she liked swimming. She was a beautiful, dark-haired, attractive, confident young woman who had a boyfriend of five months at the time of her abduction, Damien Bush. Uh, Damien was a mechanic who she had actually met through her sister because 
her sister and Damien were actually close work colleagues. Summer of 1976 was an unusually hot summer in Ireland and if you're from Ireland you know we do not get those very often. Um, but there was weeks of unbroken sunshine. On August 28th the couple decided that they would visit away for the weekend. Once they had arrived at Britta's Bay the friend group went to McDaniel's pub for drinks which in one of the sources I saw that it this pub holds 800 people. 800 people. I'm actually going to Google it right now. Um, how many people on average does a pub? Yeah, okay. I couldn't get an average. Anyways, it's not important. But 800 people, I feel like, is a fucking shit ton. Um, but that's besides the point. She had, herself and her friends had gone to McDaniel's pub after they had arrived to go for some drinks. That night, Elizabeth was wearing sandals, white slacks, and a navy jumper with the word St. Tropas um, on it, which is where she had recently been on holidays with her boyfriend Damien's sister. Um, she was also wearing a seco, a seco seco, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a type of watch. Uh, she was wearing that watch because she got it for her 21st birthday, which was two years prior, because as I said, she was 23 at the time of her abduction. The friends were having a great night up until an argument pursued between Damien and a friend, Joe McCoy, over the sale of a car, um, which then proceeded to go on for a decent amount of the night, to the point that Elizabeth kind of got fed up of it and tried to intervene between the two men, where she was basically just fobbed off, and they carried on with their conversation, carried on with their argument. So she got sick of it, she got up, and she left the pub, completely on her own. A witness claims to have seen her leaving the pub at roughly 11pm and she was seen again about five minutes later walking in the direction of the caravan park. Later, when he was providing evidence to the jury, which was a jury of all men, Damien said, quote, Liz came over and told us we came down for a good weekend and should not be fighting. I just told her to mind her own business and left. She went out, end quote. He wept as he told the court this because this was the last thing he'd ever said to her before she met her untimely death and I can't even imagine the pain he was feeling during this time because if that was the last thing I said to my boyfriend before he died if it was the last thing I said to him I would not be able to cope it's just awful it's gut-wrenching it's heartbreaking but while this was all happening, Sean Evans had driven to County Wicklow, um, first stopping to collect Evans' suitcase, which he had left um, in a locker at Houston Station, Dublin. They had gone to Wicklow because they knew this area previously from all the burglaries they had committed there. They happened to pass through Britta's that evening. And Shaw later said, quote, we had been talking about girls and Jeff said he was going to pick up a bird and have it off with her. He wanted a small bird, end quote. They had spotted Elizabeth leaving the pub on her own and decided there and then that this was the woman that they wanted. This was their target for the week. So Shaw got out the car and Evans drove on up ahead to offer Elizabeth a lift and the reason they did this was because they thought that um, Elizabeth would be less intimidated by one man 
in a car approaching her than two men and that she'd be more inclined to take the lift, which unfortunately is exactly what happened. She got into the car and Evans drove. A witness would later tell the court that he saw a girl wearing white slacks and a dark jumper walking alone on the road, which wasn't too far from McDaniel's pub, the place that she had left at about 11.20 p.m. And that he had actually seen a car driving very slowly in the opposite direction, which then stopped and picked her up. But this witness actually drove on further down and then stopped at a supermarket where he or she, I actually don't know if it's a he or she, I don't think. Oh no, it is a he. And he drove on up to a supermarket and turned to his passenger and was like, "Mm, maybe we should go back. But this passenger was like, ah, nah, like, be grand, essentially. He just talked him out of it and was like, nah, it's fine, which is... Once again, it's awful. It's gut-wrenching knowing, and I'm sure it's gut-wrenching for him knowing that if he had stopped, if he had gone back, if he had spoken to this girl, then maybe the outcomes, this outcome anyways for Elizabeth may never have been the outcome for it. Like maybe she would have gone back to the pub and spoken to her boyfriend, spoken to her friends, or even just gotten back to the caravan camp safely. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. And that's why we are sat here today and why you're listening to me go on about this case. But um, anyways, Elizabeth got into the front seat um, after being promised a lift to Dublin and the car was driving and then it unexpectedly stopped. And obviously Elizabeth didn't know why. But then Shaw, who had been walking behind Elizabeth after getting out of the car initially, got back into the car, into the back seat And this is when Evans said in his statement that they started, quote, messing, end of quote, with her. Um, They drove on another bit and then they stopped at the entrance to the Castle Tibbon Forestry Plantation, which was a few miles away from where they had stopped to let Shaw back into the car. Now, I have a quote here that I actually don't have the name of who said it, but I think... I think it might have been Evans, but I'm not completely sure. But it was one of the two men that said, quote, the three of us got out of the car and she got frightened. She did not want to go and we tried to persuade her. We pulled her into the trees and she was saying, let me go, end quote. And this, unfortunately, is when the series of beatings began on Elizabeth Plunkett. Evans went on to say, quote, we took her slacks and panties off and John had intercourse with her, end quote which I would like to correct his wording here. It was not intercourse, it was rape. John, who we have been, who I've been referring to this whole time as Shaw, raped Elizabeth. Shaw then said in his statement a bit later on, quote, she was struggling all the time, end quote, which if you didn't already cop it uh, before I had said it, that it was rape, this just proves that, that it was rape. I also just hit my microphone, so I apologize here that I'm getting very I'm very passionate right now. Um, Evans went on to say then that, quote, John left then and the girl asked me what we were going to do with her. I told her we were going to let her go. I had intercourse with her and again about half an hour later, she wasn't willing and asked me not to do it, end quote. 
So she had been raped by both men at this point. Um, and she was under the impression that they were going to leave her go, which unfortunately we know they didn't. While Evans was um, left with Elizabeth raping her, Shaw had moved the car to a car park next to Jack White's pub and then walked back to the plantation site where the two men would then spend the night taking turns raping Elizabeth. When they were finally laying down to get some rest that night, they put Elizabeth in between the two of them and all three of them were laying down on the ground so that she could not escape them because if she's in between the two of them, at least one of them will catch her if she tries to get up and run. Meanwhile, Damien and all of Elizabeth's friends had left McDaniels within 15 minutes of her leaving McDaniels and they searched for her that entire night of August 28th. Um, into the early hours of the next morning. They began by searching on foot, then by car. They searched in the pub's car park, in the caravan park, and in numerous locations around Britus. But it was like she had just completely vanished into thin air. On the Sunday morning, Damien went back to Dublin to search for Elizabeth, hoping that maybe she had returned back home. On the Sunday morning, Evans went back to the car in the car park outside Jack White's pub, but he couldn't start it. And he just ended up falling asleep there, where a witness would later see him asleep in the car at about quarter to two in the afternoon. This witness would then end up helping him get this car started and Evans drove back to the woods. He said, quote, when I got to the lane, John were there and I could see something had happened straight away. He were white. I asked him what were wrong and he told me that the girl were dead. I didn't believe him. So I walked down the lane and into the trees. I see the girl lying there with all her clothes on. I asked John what happened. He told me he had been asleep and she tried to get away. He ran after her and grabbed her. He said she was screaming, end quote. Shaw had then gone on to strangle Elizabeth with a sleeve of one of Evan's shirts from the suitcase that they had gotten from Euston Station the night before. The two men then continued to go and commit burglary in Mitchellstown, Clonmel, Cork City and Carrickenshore. They returned to Cliff's home in Tip on September 8th where they then went and applied for their provisional driver's license at Clonmel Taxation Office, which they were granted. They provided false names. Evans gave the name Ray Hall and Shaw gave the name David Ball. Two of them rhyming. Didn't even notice that when I was <laughs> researching it. On the day that they were supposed to be appearing in Bridewell, Dublin, to explain why they should not be extradited back to England. Now, in my research, actually, I didn't find out whether or not they did actually show up to this um this hearing I, f I don't think they did because if they did they were probably going to be extradited back to England so I'd say they just didn't show up but I'm not completely sure the duo made their way to Galway where they then set up their base they bought a caravan with their provisional licenses and set up in a caravan site in Berna on September 14th and the man who had sold them the caravan said that they had no care but then, days later, Shaw had told the guards that Evans had obtained a green cortina in Clifton. They replaced the number plate with the one that they had stolen back in Cork, and they did a really shitty paint job on the car, which will be noted in numerous times over. 
the next however long is going to be left in this episode I guess. I might be breaking this episode into two parts but something to note actually before I call this episode off here is that their caravan was actually propped up on concrete blocks and I want you to note this because this will be important in the next episode. They did a really shitty paint job on the car and they had also stolen a roof rack for the car. So the car was now, instead of it being a green cortina, it was now a black cortina with a roof rack on it. And now they were set up and prepared to go on the hunt for their next victim, who was unfortunately 23-year-old Mary Duffy. And that is where I'm going to end today's case because we are half an hour in um, with raw footage. But I have actually been at this for hours because of the technical difficulties that I had. So I'm going to cut this short now. So we've had part one is the abduction um, and murder of Elizabeth Plunkett. And part two will be the abduction and murder of Mary Duffy. Um, So I will see you guys within the next few days or week or so for the next, um, for the next what? For the next episode where you find out about everything else they did and how they were caught and how the court case went and where John Shaw and Jeffrey Evans are now. Okay everyone, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, follow the podcast. If you didn't, nice seeing you, I guess. Goodbye. Um, There's links to my TikTok account and my Instagram in the description if you want to give those a follow as well. If not, again, that's cool. Goodbye. See you later. Um, And I hope to see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.